back to the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, the only pod where the host actually will admit to driving a minivan. And I am your host, TJ, and this is part of the U.S. Fan TV Network. And here we go with episode six. You know, the running gag for the first few was I didn't have any guests and I didn't have any music. And this week, again, for the second week in a row, I actually have both. This week's music selection was something that went way back in my childhood that I found on Napster or some equivalent thereof back in the day. It's Music Box Dancer from Frank Mills. It's actually older than I am. It's from 1974. And my memory of that is sitting in my mom's car, driving to my grandparents' house in Glendale, Wisconsin, and... Hearing that on her Chevy 1979 Chevy Monza. So those of you who are old as old as I am, you'll remember that. And those of you who are younger who are listening to this are going, dude, what the heck are you talking about? But hey, I didn't say I was young. I just said I'm a dad. And somehow that reminds me back to my childhood. So that's what we get this week. Um, some people get really cool, hip introductions. Not me. I take parts of old songs that I found on on back in the day on Napster, but... Music Box Dancer is available on iTunes, so let's move on to the soccer recaps this week. Oh wait, there is none. Guernsey had the week off, Roma's on break, and with the FA Cup this weekend, I was serving our country with Army Drill Weekend, so therefore I really didn't get to catch any of the games, so I really can't go into recaps of any of the games, so we'll just move on to our guests for this week for the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, which can be found on Twitter at Minivan Dad Pod. So anybody who has any questions, please send those out there and I can incorporate them into future guests or I can answer them myself so you can hear me ramble a little bit if that's what your interest is. But I'm guessing most people here are probably just here to listen to my guest. My guest this week is from the other from the US Fan TV. He is the other founding member. He is Fine Tooth Combs on Twitter. It is Chris. Chris is a friend of mine I've known for over 30 years. Chris, is, I think, is a great soccer mind. Some people probably disagree, but he's definitely very passionate about soccer. He definitely has some opinions about soccer. And it's I love having my friends on the pod, and I think this will be another great a great interview or just conversation that we had. Still looking for a name for this episode, or for this part of the show. I believe, I think we're going to call it something like having a drink with or bar bar time internet bar time with whoever the guest is but this week like i said it's uh chris combs from us fan tv he can be found on twitter at us fan tv or at fine tooth combs either way you'll find him from there apparently he has snapchat he won't admit it but he does somewhere anyway i hope everybody enjoys this conversation and if you have questions they can be re- i can be reached at minivan dad pod i hope everybody enjoys the conversation Find it on iTunes. Rate us five stars so we can get so I can get moved up a little bit. And this is episode six. Wow, this is kind of an amazing thing for me. So hope everybody enjoys this conversation with with Chris Combs from US Fan TV. All right, and here we go tonight with um, tonight's episode edition of having a drink with with friends. And tonight we have from US Fan TV. We have we have Chris from US Fan TV fame. And what are you drinking tonight, Chris? Uh, tonight I'm down to water. I had uh, some um, uh, Milwaukee Brewing Company outboard ale this uh, earlier this evening. That's, I'm quite a fan of that. And so far, in the, you know, this is the second week I've done this. The first week we went with the other half of US Fan TV. Went with with Hat Guy Pat while you were out sick, and Pat was drinking Lacroix. So I am 0 for two on this one. <laughs> 
I mean, and I know you weren't available because I think you were dying or sick or something along those lines. Yeah. I think you, yeah. For about like three or four weeks now. Imagine that you live in, you live in Wisconsin and you have a cold in January. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, I mean, let's, let's start talking about a couple of things in the news of the day that we've kind of come across between it. Um, we, We can start with, you're an Arsenal guy. Arsenal advanced in the FA Cup this weekend, if, I, if, if memory serves me correctly. Indeed. And 3 nothing over uh, um, Blackpool. Blackpool, isn't that where the Beatles started? <laughs> was that Liverpool? It, it was a pool in that sort of direction. Cesspool. <laughs> Cesspool, yes. There we go. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that. Um, and now they have their next round against Manchester United, a re, yeah, a, re, a reborn Manchester United, for lack of yeah, a better term, rising up from the ashes. Played, I definitely would have rather played United uh, like a month ago or you know two months ago. Um, at this point, uh, um, yeah, they're they're actually winning. They're actually playing uh, kind of well. Uh, Alexis Sanchez is back and looks like perhaps maybe for the first time, really, uh, or pretty close in a, in a United uniform that he might actually uh, be playing well. Granted, that that's only about 60 minutes of one match to, to judge by, so who knows. Um, if he sucks, I uh, I would be happy to play him and, <laughs> and sort of rub, <laughs> rub it in his face. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I've heard rumors that, uh, and, and I, I, don't, I don't believe this rumor, but supposedly someone asked him if he would be willing to go back to Arsenal, and he said yes. And there's rumors that maybe uh, United and Arsenal may try to swap him and Ozil, which that'd be interesting. I I, I haven't caught that, but it, I, at the same time, it's like your star that's not performing for our star that's not performing any longer. Maybe yeah. some, maybe one of or both of us will catch fire with that. So like. I guess I could see that's not an awful idea. It's not a good one. I don't think Arsenal makes the move, though. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that'll happen. Um, I mean, if you asked me two years ago, I wanted to sell Ozil and keep Alexis anyway. Um, if you could transplant the players they were back then, mm-hmm. uh, sure, sure, by all means. Uh, that said, based on kind of I don't know all the aspects of it, um, I wouldn't go. Effectively, that means we traded then Ozil for uh, Mkhitaryan. And while I generally like Mkhitaryan, I wanted Arsenal to sign him when he went to United uh, from mm-hmm. Dortmund. I I don't believe that he should be traded straight up for Ozil. I didn't think he should have been traded straight up for Alexis. But with the kind of slide in both, I, I definitely don't want to see him traded more or less for, for Ozil at this point. So... Uh, I, mean, I, I think it would be a bad idea. That said, I I don't think I, I, I felt all along Ozil is not the player. Ozil is not a player who fits on this Arsenal team, and I, I felt this way for for years really. Um, so I'm I'm not surprised to see that he's not playing right now. But we're um, uh, not playing that much. But um, that said. He he he's still a phenomenal. He's phenomenally skilled. Like if you were to ask me, who's the more more talented player, Ozil or Alexis Sanchez? I would say Ozil. Sure. Who's the better player to fit Arsenal? I've said I said this before. Alexis left. It was Alexis. He's the player Arsenal needed. Uh, unfortunately, based on things that happened in his attitude, he needed to go. So whatever. 
and and now we're way off topic. Point is, uh, I'm I'm curious about this Arsenal uh, United uh, FA Cup matchup. Um, is United that I mean is, is United is suddenly much more of a threat than than they were. Is is that really the it for both of them? I mean, and let me let me just start by that there really is no off topic on topic. We talk about what we talk about. I'm not worried about <laughs> any of that. True, that's, true. You sit at a bar, you're talking with friends, you generally do that. So that's kind of the the point of this. Um and everyone knows I ramble or or get off topic easily, so and anybody who's watched US Fan TV knows I do the same. So this is, <laughs> and we've known each other 30 plus years, as we both yeah. said on US Fan TV. So this is destined to go in many different directions as we're doing right now. Um, but is that is this the season for both those teams? The FA Cup, is that about it I, at this point? I, I do think that's about all that's left. I, I think that's the only real chance for them. I don't think United will um, pass Arsenal in the standings. I mean, it's only five or six points right now. It's It's not very much. Um, I probably, I probably could look that up if only we had a machine that could answer the such questions right in our hands. Um, but I, I, you I keep rambling. Exactly. Up. You keep rambling. Uh, I'll look it up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, United isn't trailing Arsenal by that much. Um, and on the one hand, I'll give them, they are kind of rejuvenated. They are looking like a team that will suddenly play better and presumably they'll make investments in their team. Arsenal, I, I, I know there are rumors and, and uh, you know, like supposedly we're in the running for a bunch of, uh, of players. I, I have trouble believing it's going to happen. Like on the one hand, I can't believe investments won't be made in this squad. We're, we're simply short of players, if nothing else. On the other, uh, I don't see... I don't see a lot of the guys who need to go right now or, you know, should be moved actually being moved and i don't based on kind of what um what the club is saying and 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 what stan Kroenke as an owner has shown i don't see there being money to um to bring in players unless other players are sold so it's a lot of business for a team that doesn't often get a lot of business done there sure. there are people in place that, that some of these things may change but like yeah, the the latest rumors that supposedly we're in for James Rodriguez. I could see where where he could work. Um, to me, he would be a more effective player probably than than Ozil. Uh, I, I well, I, I should say if he comes, I see that as the final nail in the Ozil's gone coffin. Sure. Um, uh, to me, he probably is a more effective player than Ozil because he actually scores goals. Mm-hmm. Um, which really is the the issue. You know, this is why I, I say like Ozil doesn't necessarily fit in in the Arsenal side. It's that while his passing, his vision is phenomenal. That's all he offers. And in a team that is lacking players all over, there are only so many places where you can like slot in a player that's very one dimensional. You have to have guys who can play both sides of the ball. Ozil doesn't offer you anything on defense. And James may not necessarily offer you as much that much on defense either, but he does score goals. And you need some scoring threats. I, like, I'm not a fan of the fact that uh, Aaron Ramsey is, is leaving Arsenal. I, frankly, I would rather sell Ozil and keep Ramsey because Ramsey scores. Yeah, but you've been looking to get rid of Ozil for you know the last several years, so I guess this is I, that whole. I've, was... I, I, I've said, I mean, you could say I've been looking to 
get rid of Ramsey for a few years too. But um, like that, that's kind of another debate. But like, you know, my, my feeling about Ozil is just that he's not, he doesn't fit with this Arsenal team. And like, to me, he is a cherry on top of a Sunday. Sure. Excellent yeah. thing, but you have to have the rest of the Sunday in place before you can put the cherry on top. And we don't have the Sunday in place. So no, if you and, put a cherry on a pile of dog shit, it doesn't become <laughs> a Sunday. It's not like, oh, look at this. This is delicious. You know, <laughs> it, it's just cherry covered in shit. You know, build a Sunday and then and then you put the cherry on top. Uh, it, it, like I, I was thinking about this recently and I was like, honestly, on on the current Arsenal squad, I might take Cristiano Ronaldo over Messi. And and that, that flies in the face of everything. Like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty outspoken in my love of of Lionel Messi. Uh, I absolutely believe he is on a different level than even Cristiano Ronaldo. But Ronaldo is a and Messi has, for his team. And, and Messi hasn't raped anybody yet that we know of. <laughs> <coughs> Holy crap! I'm going to kill you tonight. As you're going to bring out my cold. Um, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Messi, Messi is a phenomenal offensive talent, but he's not going to offer you anything on defense. And in a team that needs defense, does he help there? And while you know, it's not like Ronaldo's a huge defender by any means. He does get back and you know jump on uh, to like save uh, corners or something. So it's not like. Um, yeah, but then again, Messi's the size of my son. I mean, he he's not. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That, that, you're, that's like saying, hey, you know. Between between lines of bumps of cocaine, Maradona, go go defend a corner. You never had him do that because he was he was micro sized. He was too busy doing blow. But hey, you know. Oh wait, that hasn't changed any, has it? I was gonna say, I just see him at the World Cup. Oh, I I. I that's actually one of those. Qu- you know what? And he's what Mexican second division, whatever they call that. I don't, and I'm terrible with the with names. You know that, but. I think that would be interesting to watch a game and have a camera on him to see if he actually is doing bumps during the game. <laughs> I think it's, uh, what is it, Liga Mackey's uh, Segunda? I don't know. I, Again, I if we had how, some, if we they... had this, if we had this way to look this type of information up, we might be able to find it. So we, to go back to, to, we really do, and um, we're not going to have one tonight, so. Arsenal is three points clear of Manchester United for in fifth. So, and what fifth is the? Oh, closer the, than I thought. Then I was thinking it was a couple extra points, but is it fifth? Is fifth the one that goes to the playoff for the the Champions League? No, uh, fifth and si- uh, uh, you mean for um, for Europa League? Oh, I didn't know. Um, no, is it? Uh, oh, no, no. For top four will go to Champions League. Fifth, sixth will go to uh, Europa League. Okay, now I, I couldn't remember if it, so. Fourth is the one that has the playoff to get into the the main draw for the Champions League. Uh, I, only if um, what is it? Only if ah, uh, doesn't matter. I, I not not normally. It's it's Do, um it's under special circumstances. I I guess my my and then my question kind of becomes and and I'm not a Premier League guy like you and Hack I are you and Pat are. Um, do as an Arsenal fan, do you care about Europa League? I mean, it it would be nice to win something. Uh, I, I think there's some cachet to winning Europa League. I don't think there's like it's sort well, it's sort it's sort of like the FA Cup, I guess. That mm-hmm. for most of the year, it's a nuisance, but at the end, 
it does mean something to win something. Like, it, you know, it, well, there it, is value to, to hoisting that, that trophy at the end. Um, that said, up until about the semifinals, the games mostly just interfere with your league play. Okay. I, and, and that's what I'm, yeah. And I feel like that's why, what is it? Valencia won it like three years running. And I think it's because they're the only ones that cared. Well, I, you know, I, I also, I also think there's something about, um, La Liga, because it is such a one-sided affair, or you could say two-sided affair, uh, for for uh, for most of its history, or for you know, most of most of its recent history, mm-hmm. um, it it does make for um, it it offers many more opportunities to rest players. You know, you don't have to worry about the game on Sunday as much when you know you're playing a team that you can send out your second or third team and you'll still win or or that if you get a draw or even if you happen to lose you've got you're so far ahead of the rest of the competition that it doesn't matter which Um, which i appreciate that that's that's actually an outstanding segue in the sense of isn't didn't liverpool try that today and how did that work for him i'm I'm just curious (laughs) against the Um, mighty wolves you know, I gotta say, Mark Wolves Mark Ham- a- Mark Hamill's team, Wolves. <laughs> Wolves are a much better team than I think anyone is has than than I think anyone would have expected. You know, newly promoted teams are usually crap. They are actually a, a solid team. Um, they've given a lot of top teams real fits. Uh, it was actually I was at Wolves Arsenal um, when you were there. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, about two months ago now, I guess. Um, and uh, they very, very nearly won that game. I mean, they got a lucky goal. It, it was a mistake that, that turned into a, a goal. And, and that, but you know, they, they did lead for, I don't know, 75, 80 minutes, something like that of the, of the game. Um, you know, we managed to get a draw there, but it's not like, um, it's not like they, you know, they couldn't have surprised us. They have surprised some other teams. Um, so they they certainly you know they they don't have the the um, the luxury to play a deep squad, so presumably you know in, in the next couple of months they'll probably start getting really tired and and they'll wear out and they they you know won't have a strong as strong of a finish, but um, you know teams that believe in themselves and get some results have a way of keeping those things going and they've had some really good results. Liverpool put put out a team that. I think probably kind of valued the FA Cup for what they showed, kind of how they value the FA Cup this year. You know, they have a serious shot at winning the the league. Um, presumably, to them, they have a shot at at Champions League. Uh, so, you know, they're they're putting the the more um, important uh, tournaments ahead. And yeah, they put out a team that looked like it, and they they got pretty easily beaten today. Well, and and again, is that the magic of the FA Cup, <laughs> or is that just ah, it happens? I mean, I, you know. You, I, I, but it was I think what I found interesting was just seeing some of the post game comments from uh, Jurgen Klopp. He didn't seem real happy about getting beaten, well, even though he I, put I a young squad. I think ever does, but and you could say no coach ever does, but um, you know, I, I don't think any time Klopp likes when his team doesn't look its best, which again, I guess you could say what coach does, but, um, you know, 
how much of that was for effect? Because in the end, look, he's the one who put out a team that couldn't win the game. He certainly had sure. the players to do it. So, um, well, and what was it? Um, injury in the first in the first part of the game, Lovering got hurt. Lovering got hurt, and then they were. So then you, the three that they had sitting on the bench, like including Mosala, just yeah, you could only put two of them out there, and you weren't getting yeah. back in the game from there. And but anyway, now for somebody like Wolves, and I and I kind of want to move into this question because this is something you got Burnley sitting in sixteenth, and this is kind of where I, I'm kind of leading it back to Arsenal because I know you're an Arsenal fan, and I like I said, I'm not the Premier League guy. I know you guys are, so I'm curious about this more than anything. Burnley went to Europa League. Got knocked. I I don't even. I think they got knocked out. Yeah, they crashed out of the playoffs. How much does that hurt them? I mean, they were they they made the Europa League last year, so they were top six, and then here they are, are in in in, in a deep hole in the Premier League. But I, is that because of it? For a for a side like Wolves, do you really want to make Europa League, where you where your fans are probably going to force you to put? And next thing you know, now you're. Because you don't have depth, now you're looking at relegation potential a lot. You know, one or two bad breaks, and now you're looking at relegation. I mean, it for somebody, be best for for the club. Like if if you're a small club, or you're somebody working on you know smaller wage bill. I, I don't sure. know that that um, sure making all these extra tournaments is beneficial to the club overall, but. There's money to be made by TV deals in in the larger tournaments. There's money to be made by, I guess you could say, the prestige of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if attracting, you, if you... attracting new people. I mean, you know, Spurs, uh, that that team that uh, we've never heard of, they were selling tickets to um, to Champions League matches at their new stadium months ago when it didn't look like they were going to make the champions league and their stadium wasn't finished. So, um, I thought they're so, I thought they're so, weren't they playing at the, aren't they playing at the Alamo dome? (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) I I am going to kill you tonight. This is, this is pretty damn outstanding. (laughs) The death of Chris Combs. Yikes. So I it just I'm I'm curious about that because I I want to say a couple years earlier it was either West Ham or um, Aston Villa did the same thing they went in through the qualifying of Europa League made it a few rounds in and next thing you know when they hit the Premier League they were they were, they were in deep I mean they they got in a hole and I think it was Villa and I think that's when they got relegated it it is certainly an issue for teams that you know don't have deep squads to try to play all those matches. I mean, I guess I look at the Europa League. The only positive I've ever seen from an English perspective for the Europa League was Manchester United basically using it to get themselves back in the Premier League, in the Champions League because they weren't mm-hmm. going to be able to do it. At that point, they weren't doing it through the league. So, yeah. so Jose put everybody, all his chips in that, and Zlatan decided he was Zlatan was interested, so he decided to score some goals, and they made until he got injured, and they made it through. I mean. I don't know if that was much as, as much about Jose or if that was more about Zlatan decided that Manchester United needed a trophy. Not really sure about that one. Which one do you think? I mean, he, I know that that he needed a trophy with uh, with the team. Um, I, 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 he felt like it, yeah. I mean, look, both of those guys have a history of winning everywhere they go, so um, it wouldn't surprise me on on either end of that. Uh, I, 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 you know. 
as much as Mourinho would never admit something like that, I do think he prioritized uh, Europa League. You could look at the teams they were putting out for that. Um, and, you know, while he'll belittle other teams trying to win the Europa League, you notice he certainly stressed it when they did it. So, But it, I, and at that point, like I said, realistically, if I remember correctly, they weren't getting back in the Champions. They weren't going to get in the Champions League through the Premier League, yeah, so that was yeah. their best course of action. I don't blame him. And speaking of, does he surface again? Well, I, I don't think he's done. Um, I think it may take a while because I don't think the kind of jobs that that he would want to accept will be available to him. Um, so it may take a couple seasons or something for his profile to die down a little so that it doesn't look like it's um, it's it's as much of a failure to come back to to uh, a smaller team. But um, is or if, you know, like if if he went to MLS tomorrow, you know, if he signed right now with MLS, it would look like accepting defeat. So he's not going to do it. But in two years, but he might but be able I, to do something like that, and and maybe he doesn't look as bad, you know. And, and, and I'm just using MLS as, as an example. Like it could be China, it could be, um, you know, was it Saudi Qatar. Arabia or something? Saudi yeah. Arabia, Qatar. Um, well, but I, I like that you said MLS because. And again, I, I can use this as a segue because as when it comes to production perspective, I suck. Um, well, Tato Martino did exactly that, though. He yeah. went from, he what, took a year off, maybe two was he took a year or two off, and then he resurfaced in Atlanta. I it was, but yeah, yeah. And could you see Jose doing something? I love Jose just because their press conferences are absolutely entertaining as hell because it's, Somebody so, you know, self, you know, self grandiose that is completely unaware of anything else around him. Yeah. In those press conferences, and they're and they're amazingly funny. And by the way, um, if anybody doesn't think this is being done at some sort of live, Alabama got spanked in the national championship, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. So they lost forty four sixteen. That is a final now, Chris. So anyway, um, good. Where do, do you think? Do you think so? You think China, the Middle East, or MLS? I somehow I think MLS. I I don't know why. I feel like that would be it'd be a good landing spot for him, honestly. But I I'm not think sure. um, it it would certainly draw interest to the league. Um, so the league would certainly like it, which means they might be willing to pay the kind of salary he would, uh, or something close to what he would want. Or um, or does he take less money and be go and go to Golden Balls United? See, I don't know that I see that because as much as he is um, like a self-absorbed prick. <laughs> which would be perfect for – which would be well, – hey, that's yeah, – yeah. But there, there is some – I think you could say method to his madness. Um, so I, I, I do think that like if he um, – if he were to – if he were to come to MLS or something, I don't know that he would – I, I think he would do it for money and the prestige of it. I don't know that it would be, I'm going to this team that was created simply because um, David Beckham's a partial investor. So, I mean, I, but I, I think of somebody like Jose Mourinho, I never see him surfacing for Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City. Sorry, oh, God. But, no. see if, no. sorry for any fans that might actually listen to this, you know, the 10 people that do. But... 
it's it's no, one of those, it, it would have it, to be it, a very high be, profile team. I mean, it would be one of the New York teams, one of the LA teams. Um, well, it would be it'd be NYCFC. It could never. I, I just don't see that in the Red Bulls vocabulary to do that. They seem like they kind of remind me of like the old, old, for lack of a better term, the Soviet like hockey teams. Like it was, it's a machine. That whole that whole Red Bull system. You know, yeah. Salzburg. Uh, Leipzig and New York. I think they have a team in Brazil and a team in Africa as well. But point being is it's very, very machine. It's all, all the teams play the same system. They all do everything. So in the interchangeable parts, I don't see Jose fitting into that, that whole concept. So it would be. That's a good point. Yeah. Except that I I feel. Would, would city take him on? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, you know, maybe if maybe, yeah, maybe if like Atlanta United continued to be good, um, maybe they maybe they would maybe that would be high profile enough. Um, but Atlanta Atlanta United, I feel like to keep their fan base and and that this is really and we'll, we this again we're going to segue into a, a little bit in talking about fans and that. I think they have to keep playing an attacking style of soccer. I don't think they can go back and play. Jose's bunker bunker ball. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it's certainly his style certainly wouldn't fit with the team they have. Well, and I don't think it fits the the like the whole the fan growth. Or I was gonna say the aura the, the of that organizational direction. Yeah, I don't. Fit, but then again, I didn't think it, it fit Manchester United either. Well, wait, it didn't. <laughs> the only reason why I think he held on as long as he did there is because he kept he did win the FA Cup. He won Europa League. I mean. It, and realistically, we, and we've talked about that in U.S. Fan TV, he had decent success. It, you you hear people that bagged on him because it's like he didn't win. Well, he what? He won the FA Cup, right? He won Europa League in his two years. So I mean, he did win trophies. He got him back into Champions League, and we've talked about that in the fan of like you and Pat being Arsenal fans. Winning the FA Cup is that a successful season versus not? And you know, and us being fire fans, same thing is winning the U- So the years that the fire won the open cup, I thought were successful seasons because they had a trophy at the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. they still had something and it wasn't the Carolina challenge cup or whatever the one in Arizona is, um, the gas station cup or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, I love those preseason tournaments because you get games that met, you know, you see some, decent, yeah. you see it, it's soccer early and it's, I'm always excited for those games. It's kind of like spring training baseball that way. But point being is he won, he won trophies. He, yeah. He never won the premier league, but so I, I, do those become successful years or failures? Like Arsene, Arsene Wenger's last years, he won the FA cup. Were those successful years or were those failures? I mean, how do you see those as an Arsenal fan? Uh, they were, <laughs> it's, it's, False sense it's of hope. Tri- it's it's tricky to say because um, it's it's a little of both. I mean, on the one hand, it's certainly nice to win those. Um, you know, like I said, it it's always you know the, at least at least by the semifinal and on. Yeah, sure, it's important and it means something and it's cool to to raise the trophy in the end. Um, but you know, if I look at it like through the kind of the, 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 the Arsenal lens or whatever, or the Arsenal fan lens, I have to say 
in those years, everything but the FA Cup was a disappointment. So you know, there, there was there was so much anger and animosity towards uh, Arsene Wenger at that point, and and maybe the club kind of as a whole at that point that. It's it's a kind of success. It's a measure of success. Was it a truly successful season? I'd I'd have trouble saying yes because in the end, um, there was still there was still something else that everyone wanted, but that was a nice form of appeasement, I guess you could say. And and maybe that's kind of it. it it's that you. You won something. It's not, yeah, like you, you said, you, it wasn't the Premier League. And I think, I think for Arsenal fans and probably even Man United fans, they weren't close to winning the Premier League. It wasn't like yeah, they got. Yeah. And this, hey, we got close, but hey, this isn't bad. But then, if you're a team that hasn't won anything in a long time, and it's the first time when Arsenal, did, it had been a while. Yeah. It's not. It's you're like, hey, we got something. I mean, that ain't all bad. Like for the Fire fans, the years that they made those runs deep into the U.S. Open Cup. And then crashed out horribly and then took wooden spoons with them. But those were, it gave you hope for the season. Yeah. And, and maybe that, and maybe that's not necessarily a good thing because now you're going, Hey, maybe this team isn't bad when it comparatively <laughs> really is. Well, it, it, I, I, I do think there's some of that. I mean, that was certainly part of the issue with like Wenger, you know, it was like, look, I, I want us to win it. Um, but Ultimately, it's just going to paper over the cracks of mm-hmm. of what is the you know, terror of this team. Um, and that's why when when we won that last one, I was hoping that was going to be his uh, Wenger's swan song, and he would be like, "Okay, now I retire." And, and it's like you could pat him on the back and say thank you, and he could walk away. Give, give him his gold. With, give him his gold watch. Him. Teach him how to yeah. use a zipper. Teach him how to use a zipper and send <laughs> yeah. him on his way. Yeah, I, no, that would have been the smart thing, but he didn't do that. Now, does yeah, he ever? Unfortunately, he, you know, he he let his ego or whatever get in there, and then it was like, it was like, I don't want to hate this guy, but like, stop doing things that will make me want to hate you. <laughs> I, I I need him to surface again, and and I feel like the ideal landing spot for Arsene Wenger would be Norway or Russia or Sweden, just so he gets more fight in more fights with zippers. I, I feel like we, <laughs> I am missing that part of soccer right now. So on an unrelated note, absolutely unrelated note, I've opened a Sam 76. I love Sam. Sam Adams makes hmm. good beer. This is not one of them. <laughs> just comparatively speaking, it is, it is really not one of them. Is it drinkable? Yes. Is it good by Sam standards? No. So, um, for the U.S. Fan TV portion of the show, Tata Martina to Mexico happened today. Like I think they announced it officially today. We've been we've known it's been coming. Yeah, our our conference continues with the uh, weakest secrets in sports. It really it really does. And I, again, I I don't blame him for going. I don't blame Mexico for hiring him. And I don't blame the U.S. for not hiring him. I, I, I guess that's kind of it. Is I feel like he fits well in, with Mexico in the fact that if they fire him right away, he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also he's he's an amazing he is a good manager. I think he's gonna make keep Mexico. He's gonna he's gonna plug the dam there because I feel like Mexico, their golden generation, what they had in the World Cup. That's I think I think they're gonna dip a little bit. Are they going to come back? To, I mean, 
I feel like um, them and the U.S. are going to cross in probably three or, in three or four years. The U.S., if these young kids are as good as we think they are, are going to be up. And Mexico's older guys are going to start sliding and they're going to slide. I, I don't know. You don't hear about what Mexico has coming up. Like the, the roster, the group they have now was the ones that were successful in London. I mean, you know this team was going to be good. Mm-hmm. You don't see that coming up anymore. Yeah, I mean, when you figure, I mean... Chucky Lozano is, uh, what, like 23, 24, something like that. So, you know, sure. he's still certainly in, in his prime. But uh, things like the Dos Santos um, brothers, they're not, they're certainly not um, going to be in their prime by, by the next World Cup. Well, didn't they, aren't they leaving to go sing or something like that? I saw what? some rumor about that. I Like they're leaving LA Galaxy to go start singing careers or something. And I'm like... <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that would solve the Galaxy's uh, designated player problem because they have both Dos Santos <laughs> and now um, uh, Zlatan and then Alison Greeny, yeah. and they have to get rid of one of them. So, and I don't um, think you can get it. Alison Greeny is the only really tradable asset you have because, you know, I don't think anybody wants the Dos Santos brothers, Dos Santos squared or whatever you want to call them. So. <laughs> Dos Dos Santos. Um, <laughs> so it would be Dos Squared Santos. Would that be? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Doble Santos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, there's certainly um, outside of like uh, Lozano, some of the other players who, yeah, I've thought were were really good are certainly aging out. It's not like they don't have a pipeline of players coming up. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat loath to say this, but you know, they they do have some some um, some younger players who, uh, you know, could be uh, um, tough for the U.S. Now, granted, we are we we have recently beaten them at at some youth levels, so uh, you know you, you could see um, uh, a, a nice battle going forward. But um, I don't. I, we we were talking about Tata Martino, right? Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't I matter. Think, but yeah, yeah, we were. <laughs> I was like, where did we get off talking about like, the Dos Santos? Dos <laughs> um, squared uh, Santos. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tata Martino, like you know, I have to say, after his his first press conference, he is kind of saying the right things. Um, you know, he's. He's saying that they have uh, a lot of good players in place, but that they, you know, he's somewhat tempered expectations. Like they're not, he's not, he doesn't say things like we're going out to win the next World Cup, uh, which, which, you know, is is probably a, a good thing, specifically as uh, the coach of, a, of, of the Mexican team, because, um, you know, we know their uh, their expectations and their demands and their treatment of their coaches can be a little over the top. <laughs> um, you know, I think it is probably good for him that he has worked under um, pressure somewhat like that before. You know, a, a number of his previous experiences have come with top teams with top, top players. So, um, you know, he True. knows what it's like to have uh, a city or a country's um, media kind of after you. Sure. Uh, I, I think that will help him. 
and that does make him somewhat different than a lot of the recent uh, Mexican coaches. Right. Um, which, speaking of Mexican, Mexico and their coaches, Her- Miguel Herrera. <laughs> is there a man that needs to come to MLS at some point? And if he ever did go to MLS, would you automatically become a fan of that team just because he's there? <laughs> I must say I do enjoy him. Uh, even uh, even being like a, a former Mexican national team coach, I, I do find him entertaining. Uh, his like manic um, <laughs> intensity or <laughs> whatever you want to call it, like uh, the way like he celebrates when something big happens, the way he like runs around, uh, his, the faces he makes to things. He is kind of his own sort of show. And that that is kind of fun, I got to say. And it, but he but he does I mean he he can coach there's no question about yeah, that yeah. and his teams don't pl- they they play entertaining soccer it's not like they sit back and just it's not like Jose Mourinho in Manchester United yeah. where it's just not fun to watch I mean he, they play entertaining soccer you put him on the sideline again I'm pretty sure he might light up a cigarette at some point but um, <laughs> if he came to MLS they would probably become my automatic second team just because he's there. Maybe. If you went to Columbus, well, you'd never go to Columbus, so don't, don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, let's see what other fun things we have. Like I said, the MLS, we were talking earlier, the MLS schedule got released today. Yeah. Everybody is, you know, the Twitterini were up in arms because there's so many. I, I, I feel like the complaint is there's good games on Wednesdays. Somebody, I and I'd have to check schedules, and I know we can but i'm probably not going to but like you'd see the red the new york the red the hudson river derby on a wednesday night or something like that you know this is and this is the consequence the mls wanted to shorten their season so they didn't have what uh they didn't have one or two uh international breaks at the end of their season like was it like the last two weeks of the season then there was there's an international yeah. break the last two weeks and then during the playoffs there's an international break and i know they're trying to avoid that so they shorten the season that means you play games on Wednesdays. That's, uh, you know, and that's how life works and people are upset about it. And yeah, there's going to be some really bad crowds because of it during the school. You know, we both have young kids. Mm-hmm. You take, would you take your kids to a, you know, to a, on a school night? Nope. Exactly. I mean, my kids, my, my son is him and I are the ones that go to fire games. Anybody who's follows me on Twitter, you'd see that. And Wednesday night games, Thursday night games, they just, they don't happen. If he's got school the next day, he, he needs to be ready for school. And he's still, and when he's older, not as much of a problem, but right now, yeah, he's not going to, we're not going on yeah, Wednesday night yeah. games. So that, so those early season games become almost wasted, but that's, that's what you have to do. So I don't know. Um, fire opens at home March 9th. I think they're mo- like their longest home stand is in March. And I wanted to look at that and go, MLS really? You're going to have their their longest homestand be in March when the weather in Chicago is oh so wonderful in March. <laughs> yeah, it it is weird. I mean, um, but I guess you have that's to. That's the time. Yeah. And yeah, I, and I, the, I, I was as I was saying before uh, before the, before we started talking. Um, yeah, Pat and I went to a home opener. It's got to be like ten years ago. Sure. Um, it it was it, God. What was that? The first season. What was the first season? It's 
at uh, Toyota Park. I don't, I don't even remember. But um, Toyota Park. Well, I don't know where Toyota Park. Which which Toyota Park you're talking about? It's now SeatGeek Stadium, I believe. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. um but uh, anyway, yeah. When we went to that one, it started snowing during the game, and as I remember, no one was really dressed for it. Like I don't think I even had a hat on because it had been warmer during the day. And I mean, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't like so cold that it, like the snow was sticking, but it was snowing and it was windy or something, and it just turned miserable. Like I, I think, so, I think I had a coat with a hood on, so I think we had hoods on, so at least you could like keep the the like, the snow off you. But it was brutal. So do do you want to feel old? Like, if you needed to feel any older. First, the first season opener at now SeatGeek Stadium, previously Toyota Park, would have been 2007. So that's 11 years ago, to put it in that perspective. So it has been a while. It's possible. It's possible that was it. I can't. 2007 or 2008, I mean, realistically, because they opened summer of 2006. I think it was 2008. I think it was 2008. I, I don't think it could have been 2007 based on. I happen to know. I remember. Um, I was relatively new at, at this one particular job, and mm-hmm. um, I know based on how old I, I, I happen to know how old I was when I took that job, So, um, and I took it in October, so I, I'm guessing that it had to be uh, the next, the following spring, so it was probably 2008, but um, so, so yeah, let- that was, oh man, that was, that was brutal, and that was, that was Late March, I think. Uh, okay. But now, which again, now we're going to segue a little bit. We'll, we're going to keep SeatGeek Stadium in the into the conversation because the Lincoln Yards, I believe it was, is that what it was? Lincoln Square, Lincoln Yards, or whatever the state, the USL Stadium. Oh, the new one they built. Well, that they were talking about building. Uh, in, right, yeah, yeah, okay. It sounds like it's going to get defeated by the by the city council. Um, apparently the, the polling is the neighborhood is 53% against it. And then it's like 26, the rest of it's like 26 and 22% are in favor or don't know, don't care type answer. So it sounds like it's going to get defeated. Yeah. Those and that's not positive. No, they're, and they're not. And Pat and I talked a little bit about this, but we'll throw this to you too, is for Pat and I, and a couple of friends I have, you know, being somebody of younger with younger kids or whatever, I'm okay with SeatGeek Stadium, Toyota Park Hall, whatever you want to call it. I don't mind because I have to drive anyway. Mm-hmm. And driving into the city of Chicago, absolutely, or taking the train with kids, for me, becomes problematic. I get it for the, the hardcore supporters that live in that area. It's what... Bridgeview is a problem because you have to take yeah, buses, yeah. you have to do all that and whatever. Yeah, but there's, for, there's no real easy way to get there without driving. Yeah. No, but and again, I I threw this to Pat, and I'll throw this to you because you lived. I think I don't you. I, yeah, you think you were still living in Milwaukee at the time when Miller Park opened, mm-hmm. and you remember the Miller Park discussion. They were going to put Miller Park downtown Milwaukee, mm-hmm. except the the reason why they chose not to is because they had tailgating out where they yep. in the current location. You take bridge, you take the fire and move them downtown. Yeah, you get the bars. It helps the city, like Wrigley Field. You can't tailgate any longer. Yep. Is that necessarily a good thing? I mean, 
I am quite a fan of tailgating. So I understand. So, so yeah, there, there's certainly a drawback there to me if, if that's not available. That said, uh, there is something about stadiums in downtown areas. You know, the, the ability to, like, go someplace after the game. You know, that, that you're not just climbing into your car and then sitting in the parking lot for 45 minutes waiting on someone else to pull out in front of you and you know, this car to go, so that car to go, so that car to go. So or, firing up the, or firing up the grill and drinking again in the parking lot. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There, there, th- that's true as well. I, can't, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. But at the same time, I don't feel, like I said, and, and Pat and I talked, went in depth as to why I think Bridgeview hurts the fire and that stadium hurts Bridgeview. And, and Pat, being that he's in news, went into great detail. It was pretty, yeah, it's actually yeah. pretty amazing stuff to listen to him talk about it. I don't feel Bridgeview is the problem for the fire as a location in terms of a fan draw. I think it's the fact that the team has been crap other than a year. You know, Charlie's going to be seven this year. His first, you know, he was born April, so he was born in what? Uh, yeah, now I'm going to do math and screw it up and get yelled at by my wife if she ever listens to this. In 2012, they made the playoffs. So they and the, their playoff game was Halloween night in 2012. So it was his first Halloween. So we didn't take him. And it was like 30 degrees out. And then, but since then, they've had one playoff appearance and they got spanked in the opening round. And I think. And again, it was like a Wednesday night and it was, we had something we couldn't go. But anyway, my point getting to this was, it's not, I don't think Bridgeview is the problem for drawing fans. I think it's the fact the team has been bad for most of a decade now. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, you know, in the end, you can overcome a lot of things if you can give people a reason to attend and they haven't given enough of a reason. And and it's not like and and again we and we were we were talking about a little bit about this before we went we started recording is we were looking at tickets for the Milwaukee Wave which I up in Mil, you know the indoor soccer team up in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and which I started watching on YouTube which I'm, I'm I love watching again because we how many times did we watch go to games did we watch did, did we play yeah, before yeah. games it's a little different now but at the same time tickets for a fire game. <laughs> are almost cheaper than going to a wave game. And, yeah. and as long as I've had season tickets for the fire, I've never had a ticket increase. And we, the first year we got tickets was 2010. Yeah. And, and then and Pat and I were talking a little bit about, but it's like the fire have never really raised the, the price of tickets there. It's an affordable thing to do with your family. And, but if it's a bad team, people don't go. I mean, you, and in, especially when you look at Chicago, you look at Chicago, they've got the White Sox, you got the Cubs, you got the Bears. And the Bears are going to overcharge, the, the Hawks are going to mm-hmm. overcharge because they've been good. But you can go to a White Sox game for really cheap. Why do people not go? Because the team hasn't been good for a few years. Yeah, yeah. That matters. And everybody goes to Atlanta United games right now because they're good. Yep. You get this, and you get down, you, when you get to areas where there are other things to do, such as Chicago. The event is no longer, unless the team is good, it's not an event. And and you, and I know you watch enough sports, the LA Rams. I mean, the LA Rams are now nearly filling the Coliseum. The first year out there, they weren't doing as well. And yeah, you were yeah. drawing 40, 50, 60,000 in a 100,000 seat stadium. Winning matters now. 
and nobody wants to hang around for the build. But I, I feel, and this is something I, I, I could probably ramble forever on as, as, as more I keep looking at it. But if you're not winning titles, you look to rebuild and you break everything down. And this is all sports. You break it down to the base and you rebuild and you're bad for years and nobody shows up. It doesn't allow, I feel like it doesn't allow to have any loyalty because you don't have, you don't have hope. And there's certain years, like if you're a White Sox fan, you don't have hope this year. You might a little yeah. bit. Not, yeah. You know, how the Brewers for years, you didn't have hope because they kept tearing it down and trying to rebuild because they don't have the money to compete year in and year out because mm-hmm. I feel like the only sport where you know you have the money to compete year in and year out is the NFL. Pretty yeah. much any other sport doesn't have that anymore. So, I mean, that's kind of my off on a rant on a rant slash tangent about the fire is they haven't been good for a lot of years. So people don't go when they were good a couple of years ago and they had Schweinsteiger, they were showing up. They put in extra seats for Atlanta, for Toronto. And it was fun to, it was fun to watch. So anyway, we've been going for 50 minutes. Um, getting close, you know, so I, we could, we could talk about Germany, but they're not playing. We could talk about Italy. Oh, they're not playing. <laughs> I think France is playing, but. They're not on TV, so I don't get to watch France. Um, if I hadn't had awful long weekends coming after a weekend, I might stay up to watch Wall- the Wellington Phoenix um, play at 2.45 in the morning, but maybe I'll watch it at work tomorrow or something like that, and just the replay of it or something on ESPN+. Plus. But it's kind of great for soccer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think we hit it. We really have, and... Is, can't, have they, can't have they have they gotten together? Wait, what was that? You kind of broke up there. Camp Cupcake has that started or are they still coming together? Uh, it is. They they are together. They um they are preparing now. The first game is three weeks away. I think it's the twenty sixth, twenty eighth, something. I don't, I don't remember what the exact date is. And, so and, I, and I'm gonna break. We'll finish. I think that takes the daylights out of me. It probably won't. Is we were about this off before we went live, and you play FIFA. What's the last year FIFA you picked up? Oh God, I haven't played FIFA in the last one. I actually bought. I had the one that Donovan was on the cover of from ten, fifteen years ago. Uh, I've played it since then. I I was never really a fan of FIFA because I never really liked the controls of it. And I've never really gotten over that. Oh. I mean, okay. I thought you actually played video games. I do. I just don't play. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not really a fan of FIFA. I've okay. never really enjoyed soccer video games. Okay. It, to me, to me, uh, and, and and this is why. To me, they're too much like field goal kicking in, like football video games and i can't stand it because it's like it's intentionally hard at things that should be easy okay and then things that should should be hard are are relatively simple like dribbling a ball you just turn and oh you never lose control of the ball but um but like i don't know kicking a ball straight is next to impossible Okay, I you know what I I cannot I cannot argue that at all, Chris. I really can't. Um, 
what, what always fascinates me, and this has been with me, and you know, you and Pat give me crap constantly. How do you like all these obscure teams? And Guernsey aside, because Guernsey isn't <laughs> one you're going to find on FIFA. But that's how I think I've found most of the teams I've become a fan of, as I've used them on FIFA. Because what to me, what's the appeal of taking Barcelona or Manchester United or Arsenal on? Think if you have a team like that on a video game, it's easy to win. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're doing career mode and you're building it up, it's it's more fun to take a team that's got like a tiny budget, and that's how I found UCD, which is um, University College Dublin or something like that. It's actually a university that has a soccer team that plays in the Irish. They just got promoted to the Irish, you know, and things like that. Um, that's how I found Dagenham Redbridge, which found, got me to find Lincoln City. And my latest one, which is FC Carl Zeiss Jana or something like that. German third division. And Charlie liked them because they were blue. But to show you the level of Camp Cupcake, and this is kind of the to finish this up, is I picked up two players that are in Camp Cupcake into the German third division. I had enough of a transfer budget in my first year in the German third division to pick up Jordi Mihaljevic and God, who was the other one who plays for DC United? We talked about that earlier, and I can't uh, remember. Durkin. Durkin, that was it. I picked up Durkin and Jordi Mihaljevic, and. <laughs> They're both in the 60s, by the way, on FIFA 19. I, I don't know if that matters any, but if you want the level of expertise in Camp Cupcake, is you got two guys that are in the 60s on FIFA, but and they and I was able to bring them into the third division. Well, you know what that fourth. means. They're two-thirds as good as Messi. So. Yeah, I think if you add them, if you add their scores up, you get to Messi. I think Messi breaks the scale in that game. At least he should. So he should. He breaks the scale in real life. So yeah, he probably, <coughs> except for height. I don't think he has the height. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's an amazing. You know, we we could both gush about him. I think last week Pat and I were gushing about Jurgen Klopp and just how how much we enjoy watching hit watching his teams yeah. and that kind of thing. And that's so. All right, we're at fifty five minutes, which is I think about. Pat and I made it a little, yeah, we were about an hour. So this seems like a good thing. Good stopping point. It's 1130. You probably need to get sleep and go to work tomorrow and whatever. So any, any final thoughts or anything like that, Chris? No, I don't think so. Uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, it, 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 the pleasure is mine. I, it's, I said, I get to sit and talk soccer with my friends. I mean, you talk about a podcast. I don't know if anybody will, if the, the audience will ever get, increase or anything but for me it's fun to be able to sit and talk talk soccer with my friends and that's why i love that's why i started the podcast was because there's a lot of good opinions in soccer out there and you've got one um yeah this is the nicest you've ever spoken to me in all the time I've ever you know i got I, I i do appreciate the guests because the onion had an article today that that usfan tv to twitter decided to hit me with talking about um 250,000 podcasts are looking for guests this week, and I was lucky enough to get one. So and I think I nailed it on Twitter. It was a pity, and you took pity on me, so I do appreciate that. So thank you for coming on the, the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I appreciate it, Chris. I appreciate the time. And if you want to find Chris on Twitter, he is Tooth Combs. And, and you go to US Fan, he's 
pretty much running that half the time anyway. So, again, Chris, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll do this again at some point when we're both bored and want to talk about soccer drinks and have some drinks. So Yeah, definitely. And talk to you tomorrow, too. I'm sure.